everyone. Welcome again to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay and with me as always is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. We yes. just got off a plane to Japan. <laughs> I'm extremely jet lagged and I'm having a fever dream about information that I probably shouldn't know but also might not actually be happening in real life. It might all just be a dream. We'll get into that, though. Yeah. We're jumping back to 19, going all the way back to 1999 (laughs) with Audition. Dun, dun, dun. Number 165 on our list, an 82% Rotten Tomatoes score. Hmm. Had you seen Audition before? Yes, I have. One second. Before we get into that, I do want to tease that we have some housekeeping we need to address, which we will do at the end of this episode because it's really interesting and it does affect what our next movie is going to be. So uh, uh, listen to the end. (laughs) Salesman, natural born salesman. Listen to our show. Yes. Um, What's your history with Audition? Uh, So being the kind of giant all-encompassing nerd that I am, uh, I was one of those kids in the 90s to early to mid 2000s who got really into uh, like anime and mm-hmm. Japanese horror. Like I saw The Ring in theaters when I was probably too young to see The Ring in theaters. The American one? Yes. Sure. I okay. saw that one first and it was like the first scary movie that I really remember seeing. Like the first like horror movie I remember seeing in yeah. theaters. That's that's a good one. That, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I've, I'm five years older than you, so I was a little yes. bit older, but even still, yeah, that one sti- that one yeah, sticks yeah. with you. It's a it's a really it's a good first scary movie in a movie theater experience, but it kind of launched me into this idea that like, oh, there are other movies made because I found out pretty soon after that, thanks right. internet, that it was based on a Japanese movie first, and it was like, oh wait, and I remember kind of going down that rabbit hole of watching like Ringu and mm-hmm. a couple others. And I stumbled upon audition. Um, that must have been quite a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was definitely a few years after it came out. So it wasn't 1999. I was not like 10 or 11 years old. I was right. a little bit yes. older than that. Yeah. Um, but that, and then that in turn launched me into, um, so not to get ahead of us, but like this movie is based on a book. Have you read the book? I have not read oh, okay. this book, but I have read other books by the same author. Interesting. And okay. they are, um, in some ways, more fucked up than this. Really? Because, you know, they ju- they actually just covered this movie on Joe Bob's Last Drive-In mm. on Shudder, which is a show I'm a big fan of. <laughs> and uh, he mentioned the book, but I couldn't, qu- and I didn't know it was based on a book, but yeah. I couldn't quite get a read on whether or not it was like whether or not the book was as messed up as the movie because i think in my head i was like oh okay well the uh, most of the freaky stuff is probably from the director and yeah. maybe not the book so much but if the if the this guy's other books are equally as messed up then i guess maybe it's just all it's all in there yeah i think there's one i think uh how did our friend laura refer to it as the scene sure yes like that one the scene Everyone should know what we're talking about if you've seen this movie. That was um, Takashi Miike, the director. Mm-hmm. But there's other stuff, I think, in the book that was not in the movie that is okay. pretty messed up. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? Have you seen this one before? I had. Uh, this was one I actually avoided for a long time. Really? Yeah. That surprises um, me. Well, you know, it's... it's <sighs> 
it's it's kind of like to me the getting into horror movies is like getting into amusement park rides okay. and I, I feel like there's there's always like a level that you think you're 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 comfortable with yeah and then there's the other ones where it's like oh my god this roller coaster goes 200 feet in the air and then it goes down like more than 90 degrees and it's a straight drop and i'm like you know what <laughs> I appreciate that it's out there. I don't really know if I need to see this. And Audition was one of those movies where it's like, I like the stuff that I like, and then this one's on the fringe, and it's like, oh, my God, it's so messed up. And oh, my God. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Do I really need to see this? The answer was yes. And then I watched it, and it's actually, well, it's a lot different than I thought it was going to be, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's pretty legitimately a good movie. Yes. Like, it's not... I. I think I came across this after the point where the uh, quote-unquote torture porn era started, which we can talk about because this was kind of influential on that. Mm -hmm. And I think I I never really cared for those types of movies, and I think I equated this with that, and I was like, well, I saw Hostel. I don't really need to see. (laughs) Little did I know that this is... (laughs) I saw Hostel should never be an excuse to not see anything ever because that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it sucks for it sucks even as an example of its subgenre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we this, can This episode's not about that though. No, and hopefully none of them are our <laughs> episodes ever will be. Hopefully it never will be. Uh I apologize to everyone out there who loves Hostel, you're awful people. <laughs> uh we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play the trailer and then we're going to come back and talk about Audition. やめて。息子に言われたんです。最近しょぼくれてるんで、最後に出ました。朝美。あの、見たのか。あの女の体に伝わったのか。はい、どうも、ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。
This disturbing Japanese thriller follows Aoyama, a widower who decides to start dating again. Aided by a film producer friend, Aoyama uses auditions for a fake production to function as a dating service. When Aoyama becomes intrigued by the withdrawn, gorgeous Asami, they begin a relationship. However, he begins to realize that Asami isn't as reserved as she appears to be, leading to gradually increased tension and a harrowing climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes this movie sound a lot more tame. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's a, excuse me. There's a lot of things in this movie that seem like it's going to be a lot more tame, and then you hit like the last 20 minutes or so. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Well, Clay. Mm-hmm. Some things you'll find in this movie include mm-hmm. the worst wingman idea ever. Yeah. Never listen to your misogynistic friend yeah. <laughs> about what you should do if you're looking to get out in the dating scene. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Closely related to the first one. Yes. A literal bag man. Yes. <laughs> or what was left of him anyway. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and the most stylish murder outfit I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. it's nice because it seemed very tight, like, because it's all rubber. Like, it's just, it's like this rubber smock well, with, I, like, these tight rubber bands. It's and, like, almost like a butcher's apron. Yeah. And, like, and, like uh, above the elbow gloves. And I love it so much because it's, like, very reflective of her as a character, mm-hmm. where she's very, like... Everything she does is so intentional. Her whole look and like physical presentation is very specific and intentional and on purpose. Mm-hmm. And even her like kill kit outfit is the same where it's very like it is tailored to her. It is like very like no one else could just like put that on. That's very like she clearly was like, no, I want it to like fit nicely at the waist and I want the gloves right. to do this. And like, it's like, oh, yeah, you put a lot of thought into this. It has to be it. functional. For yes. cutting off feet and tongues and ears and yes. paralyzing guys. Yeah. But also stylish enough that people can be weirdly pervy about it if they want to. Yeah, look, she has a specific aesthetic that she's trying to maintain, and I think she does it well. I think so, too, yes. Uh, so, yes, audition. Um, I I had seen this only once before, and I don't think I realized this the first time, but the first, like, f- 30 minutes of this movie is basically a romantic comedy yep. or at least like a romantic drama. Yep. And and we were watching it last night and I was I was saying like if they remade this in America it would be like <laughs> it's basically the movie Hitch with yeah. uh Kevin yeah. James and and Will Smith except it takes a very dark turn. Yeah, it veers. Yeah. Um but I I definitely remember not being ready for that because it's they set up this story about this just lonely widower. Yep who is you know he's in his probably he's middle-aged yeah i would say yeah um and he's just looking for for a new wife and it's it's fairly benign and uh, the setup and like the the gimmick of it is 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 very romantic comedy silliness yes. where it's yes. like we're gonna hold an audition yeah we're, and we're gonna find you a wife and it's like yeah okay sure yeah this is like only a couple steps away from like a movie like pretty woman or she's all that right it's like right yeah you have to go out and like find this woman and it's gonna be this like 
engineered situation, but in the end, you're going to actually fall in love with each other, and it's going to be so wonderful. Yeah, or it's like in the end, he his buddy is played by like Dylan McDermott or something, who's a little <laughs> bit older and a little bit yeah. you know kind of silver foxy. Um, yeah, but plays slightly sleazy pretty well. Yeah, 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 and ultimately he ends up falling in love with the woman who works at his office because she's yep. been there the whole time, yep. and you know. Or it turns out that she was one of the auditioners and <laughs> trying to, dr- I don't know. It could get yeah, weird. Yeah, there would have been some whole thing where yeah. it's like they used to go to school together and she went and got hot and now she's right, back. Right, right. What like, it wouldn't end in is him having his feet cut off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really fascinating because it's, it's a fairly benign setup until you really kind of th- look at the, the setup they're presenting you, which is one of a an an older man who is very much looking for like a a trophy wife not not trophy wife but yeah, like no i think a trophy wife is the perfect term for yeah, it yeah, yeah absolutely i mean he talks about how he wants her to have like accomplishments in right, some way right. as like, meredith said in the jane austen tradition of accomplishments. Yes, yes yes where it's like well she plays an instrument or she was a dancer or she's mm-hmm. had some sort of you know like career accomplishment that she can be proud of and feel good about and it's like okay and my favorite thing is that they talk about um that the friend whose name i'm blanking on starts with a y um was it yoshikawa sure um anyway (laughs) he's like well you want a young girl like you want a younger girl or woman however he phrases it right and aoyama says no i want i want a mature woman and then they the pool of applicants is 20 to 35 yes, year olds. Yes, it's the So Clay, I still make the cut. Yes, it's the it's <laughs> the, have a chance. The porno definition of mature woman. Yeah, but it's it's this very strange like uh, like 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 he's like he wants her to be polished and pretty and have quote unquote accomplishments. Yeah. Uh, but he's he even says at some point I want her to be like the perfect wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect perfect what like specifically perfect wife yes not the perfect person to be his wife you know right right and it's it's interesting because they they i think the stuff that they do here as far as these like um gender roles and relationships go is actually kind Mm -hmm. of fairly subtle yeah um because you've got that scene where they're kind of talking and like i said it it feels like a romantic comedy kind of setup so it doesn't totally stand out at how kind of fucked up this is yeah from the from the get-go but they've got that scene where they're at the bar yeah and they're talking about how the the young kids are too loud and so it's basically two older guys who are just want to date younger girls but the interesting thing about that is it's a table full of young women right and they one of one of the men calls them common yes that's right yes. like that's not the kind that's not the right kind of of young woman mm-hmm. They're too loud. They're they're too boisterous. That's not appropriate. That's not proper. And it's an interesting Where contrast. Where are all the nice girls is what they say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting contrast with the, his son and his son's kind of girlfriend there. Yeah. Because the the father there is is going out of his way to find this perfect woman. Uh-huh. And the son is like, 
I saw her at the yeah. bus stop. She seemed interested in dinosaurs. She was pretty and she yeah. was nice. So I talked to her and not now to we're mention, looking at dinosaurs. Not, like, to mention the fact, not to mention the fact that he says that to his dad in front of her. Which I kind of love because it means he yeah. probably already said it to her. Like, hey, you're really pretty. Do you want to come over and look at my dinosaur models? And yeah. she was like, you know what? Yes, I do. Because they're both five-year-olds, I guess. Oh, yeah. But but no, like there's it's it's a very different kind of... Uh, relationship to or uh, dynamic with with women than the older yeah. the older guys have. That's a really good point. That there's like not just the sort of more apparent like gender divide happening in this movie, but there's there's a generational one as well. Mm. And like um, the son even makes the comment that that his dad's new girlfriend when when Aoyama tells him he says he's oh she's twenty four, and the son says that's closer to my age, right. And so, yeah, it is this interesting, like, not only is there the sort of pitting this older man versus a woman, it's a much younger woman. And his buddy there says, too, he's like, find someone you'd want your son to date at some point when they're talking <laughs> I about. I missed that yeah, one. Oh, yeah, my he's, God. I, he says something similar to that where he's like, find someone that would be good for your son. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a disarming setup that yeah. is the beginning of a very slow burn it was a, it's a much yeah. slower burn than i remember me too yeah cuz i haven't i haven't watched this in a very very long time um and i remember i mean i feel like this is one of those movies where you remember the crazy scenes right right um but i had not remembered how sort of like gradual and methodical the the kind of descent into the weirdness is mm-hmm. and then how there's that moment where it just sort of all snaps into place and everything goes batshit insane yeah because like for the first i actually looked uh i looked at the the runtime and i think he goes to the dance studio which is really when things start going yeah at about like just past the hour mark. Oh wow! Or maybe like almost even like an hour and ten minutes. And how this movie isn't that long? It's not that long. I think it's. I want to say it's probably around an hour and a half or an hour yeah. and forty. I think. Yeah. Um. And so you've. It, it's not like nothing's happening before that, but it is a very gradual lead up to. Yeah. Uh. Fi- well, bag bag guy aside, where you know obviously you, you have that scene where the bag moves and which works <laughs> well, every time. Oh my god! And you don't know. The first time you see the bag and the first time the bag moves, you have no idea what's in it. Right. Which yeah. I think is so great and so effective of like what's in it is very horrifying. But for me, the best scene is always that first scene where she's in the, for the first scene where you see her childhood apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what that room is. It's the same apartment when they do the flashbacks when she's a little girl. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, that's why it looks all ruined and, and mm-hmm. falling apart. And so it's her and her childhood childhood apartment, and she's just been like sitting on the floor, not moving yeah. for days, mm-hmm. waiting for the phone call. And then the phone rings, and the bag just like jumps halfway across the floor. Yeah. It's And you don't know what's in it, and it's just so effectively scary. The not knowing and the mystery of like, what the fuck is that is yeah. so good. It's also really well like staged because yeah. it doesn't stand out. Like the the bag doesn't stand out. That's a good point. It's 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 not moving yeah. and that room is all kind of the same color. Yeah, it's like a very beige yeah. palette. Yeah. And you know, she's there, she's positioned in the 
you know, kind of prominent foreground and the phones there. And so you're right. not really paying. And they also, they show you a scene beforehand with the bag in it where nothing happens. Right, right. So your your brain might clock it, but you're not expecting anything to happen. You're focused on beca- her. Right. Yeah. The bag becomes part of the background. Right. Until they come back to it and then it flips over <laughs> and you go, um, um, the other thing I just wanted to say before we got too too deep into the insanity part mm-hmm. um, about this gradual opening and the sort of slow burn beginning of this movie, like you and I pointed out a bunch of the things that Oyama and his friend say that come off as like misogynistic. Oh, sure. But there, it's not like an hour and 10 minutes of that. No, no. You know, like those those kind of throwaway lines are like at times kind of you you don't fully process them for a second and then you're like oh wait a minute gross right or like even watching it this time i had to kind of remind myself like because i remember in my like watching it this time thinking like well i mean was 1999 (laughs) you you know what i mean and then i and then i was like no 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 you have to remember that like this is even then not yeah. Okay. It's 1999. <laughs> like, it's not 1910. You know. <laughs> right. Right. But it, it is. It's. It's so tempting at this point when you encounter a movie. Sure. That you could easily say is 20 more than 20 years old. That you're like, oh well, I mean, things are going to be a little dated. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. And in this, it's like, no, no, those those subtle kind of throwaway comments where it's you know just the guys talking at the bar, mm-hmm. like those are meaningful, but. They don't beat you over the head with it. Right. It's it's just kind of like, all right, so his friend's a little sleazy, and okay, he's a widower, so he's been out of the dating world for a while. Give the guy a break. Like, it's so easy, even as an audience member, to make those excuses for their behavior mm-hmm. that, like, you, you sort of accidentally start becoming complicit a little bit in, like, the way they treat people where you're like, well, I mean, maybe this is going to make sense. <laughs> Yeah, and I also I also think it's it's not it's not done that way by accident, you know, because Exactly. This this movie is very much about um I I would say it's about gender dynamics or uh uh sexual dynamics and uh treating women the right way or treating anybody the right way. You know, there's there's a lot of that at play. Yeah. So I th- that that stuff is not just in there. I'm not saying you're saying this is why, but it, it's it's <laughs> How just dare you. It's not just in there for the sake of like, well, it's 1990. It's not it's not in there the way like uh, you would hear certain unsavory words thrown around in like a, a movie from 1983 or something. Right. If, right. If say a homosexual character should show up. Right. Um, it's it's not just in there to as you know part of the lang part of the language of the time. It's like it's it's specifically they are yes. doing this stuff on purpose yes. to set these characters up. I think in a way where he probably doesn't even recognize what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. Because it's just you know it's just two people talking, two yeah. older guys talking about younger people. I mean that's all Twitter is is people, <laughs> older people <laughs> talking shit about younger people and vice versa. That's all Facebook is. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. Or, or I agree with that completely. And I think that's one thing that makes this movie really interesting is that you can recognize the things that Aoyama believes and says and the ways he acts that are like not okay. Mm-hmm. But there is a level of like, he does not understand that they're not okay. Right. He is extremely earnest 
in a lot of ways. Like he he's he's not an overt villain or like an obvious misogynist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not an abusive guy. Like seems like he really loved his first wa- his first wife. You note that uh, in our things you'll find in this movie, we did not include questionable parenting. That's true. Yeah. Because I mean, he seems like a good dad. Yeah, his son seemed to come out pretty good. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, you know, I made dinner. I did this. Like, he, he does, he's not a bad person. He's mm-hmm. not a bad guy because of his attitudes towards women. He just has poor attitudes towards women right. that are like so, have been like normalized. Yeah, it's around him. So it's just like he's not he's not this cartoonish villain. He's not somebody that you're like, oh, well, he did this horrible thing. So we're like rooting for Asami to get her like wire saw out and just start going to town on him. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they. You could argue that if the main character were his friend, Uh it would be more of an overt kind of. Yes. This is an unsavory character who has this coming. Yep. But I think you can make the argument that Ayama doesn't really do anything wrong in this like large scale wrong. Like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't well we can get into whether or not the last half of this movie actually happens in a bit but <laughs> he doesn't ghost her or anything. Yeah. He's actively trying to c- pursue the, a relationship with her. The thing I would say he does wrong is that he begins a relationship with her under false pretenses. Sure, And he sure. never corrects them. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> but even then, it's this sort of like, it's it's definitely, there's enough ambiguity in like, yes, we. I think, I think most people, I hope, would agree that the way he met Asami is wrong. Oh, and, sure. And messed up and not, not at all in any way okay. However... <laughs> I think we can all safely say that her reaction is a little outsized. A bit, yes. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I, I do find it to be, I don't know if it's a direct, like, I keep coming back to this romantic comedy thing. I don't know yeah. if it's meant to be some sort of commentary on that, because it very much is like, I it's something. Like it has to on some point. I mean, even the way they score parts of this movie, yeah, where it's like yeah. that sort of like. You know, very rom com music in the background at different points. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of, like, soft focus images of her at different points. The and, like, the actual audition sequence is, like, it's like a slapstick comedy sequence, you know? It's like yeah. the it's like the uh, the speed dating sequence from 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know? <laughs> it Where is. He's it just, is. He's seeing all these different people, and they're asking all these kind of wild out there questions, and they're getting diff- – one person shows up as a cheerleader. You know, yep. one person just starts taking her clothes off. Yep. You know, it's it's a very kind of silly sequence. Right. It's played for, like, comedy at the same time as it's played for, like, the sort of, like, earnestness of, like, different people coming and trying to re- trying really hard to get this job. Yeah. 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 And I also say he goes about it the wrong way because if <laughs> – you wanna you wanna make sure you don't really look at any of those entrants because otherwise you're gonna fall in love with the girl off the bat and then you're gonna be blinded to everybody. There's probably a much better person for him in that group. Uh, I would say yeah. I'd say it's a safe bet saying that there's a much better person than Asami, <laughs> the woman who's murdered a bunch of people arguably, in that group. Arguably, literally anybody. Yes, else. yeah. <laughs> he probably could have like married the best friend and that would have been better, right. even though he's a sleaze. And I wonder. That seems like part of it, too, is there's this weird kind of, 
I don't know if it's if it's they're setting him up as being oblivious or if the idea here is that he is being damaging to people in a way that he doesn't realize he's doing it because they have that scene with the secretary or the other woman who works in his office. Yes. You sexist. (laughs) (laughs) You assume she's a secretary. Ah, She looks like she types fast. Um, (laughs) She's got the strong typing fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they have that scene in the elevator where it's it's not there's no lead up to it. She just comes out and she says, "I'm getting married," and she's clearly yeah. like emotional, and he's yeah. very much not. And there is some implication that something either happened with between them, or yep. there was some sort of like James Bond money penny situation going on. Yeah, and we find out later that he did sleep with her once, and then yes. they never kind of. It sounds like he probably maybe ghosted her or or well, he's, shut down. Well, he's he's like the big cheese at his office. Right, he's right. like like it's his company or something. I, I think even the housekeeper says like, "Well, you you set up your own company." Mm-hmm. Um, so he's you know the boss's 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 boss, and yeah, that isn't it's it's interesting because we we all kind of picked up on that when we were watching it the other night and commented on it like wait, did they sleep together? Are mm-hmm. we supposed to know that? Are we not? And it's like, there's this, it, it leaves open for most of the movie, this feeling of like, maybe he is just a little bit of a bumbling, kind of oblivious guy. Right, maybe right. she's always had feelings for him and he just was so oblivious he didn't notice. And and that could have 100% been the case until we get to that moment where it's like his dream sequence. So it's his mind. And it says, you know, it has her say, you know, we slept together and I thought something was going to come of it, but you never right. pursued it any further. Yeah. And so I think it goes a pretty long way to kind of subtly set up this guy that he is damaging in a way that he doesn't even, re- if he if he does realize it, he doesn't care, but he probably doesn't really yeah. realize it. Yeah. The, the word I keep thinking of is it's it's mundane, mm. like like his behavior and the, like the shitty way he treats some of the people in his life and, and behaves towards some of the women he's known is just like a very mundane, everyday kind of shittiness. He's not mm. like an exceptionally bad guy doing exceptionally bad things. He's a fairly average guy doing mundanely bad things. Right. And like the, there's even uh, towards the end in the uh, big set piece torture sequence at the end, uh he 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 says something to the effect of like please don't hurt my son and she's like see you said you'd love nobody but me <laughs> yep. and clearly you lied so yep. how could i ever try like so it's it's that kind of mundane sort of uh like you're saying mundane sort of uh damaging nature that he that he yeah. where he's doing stuff he's hurting people he might not intentionally do it but he's still doing it and he's right. not really being responsible for the the damage that he's causing yeah, yeah, it's like he's sort of just, he has a certain level of, I hesitate to use the word privilege because I feel like it's become such a buzzword that it's practically meaningless. Sure. Um, but he does in the world he inhabits, like he's a man of a certain age, he's well established, it's clear he has money, he's living in, I, th- I think it's supposed to be in Tokyo. I think so, yeah. I mean, Regardless, he's living in a city in Japan sure. and has a pretty nice apartment. Yeah. Like places in Japan are tiny and he's got like a big place for just him and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there is there is a little bit of like wealth stuff going on too. Yeah, like I mean, with he has the, he pays that housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. And the housekeeper kind of like goes out of her way to talk about how she has to work because her husband's like yep. doesn't or something. Or he he works but not. I don't know. It, yeah, it was. She was like, "Oh, if only I had had. If only I'd met somebody like you. Yeah. Who then I wouldn't have to be doing this." And you know, at, we were talking about it at the time as whether or not he is supposed to come off as oblivious. Yeah. But I think the more I I find this movie really fascinating because the more I think about it, the more interesting it becomes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think none of these issues or questions are like straightforward answers. Like things are very much shades of gray. Yeah. Because I uh, if we want to get into the stuff that happens in in the second half, um, you know, he starts there's a very there's a very hard break where uh, he and uh, Asami Asami, Asami yes. go on vacation. They sleep together for the first time. And then he wakes up and she's gone. And then from that point on, the ball just starts rolling and he starts finding out all this stuff about her that's really freaky. And, you yeah. know, then... She definitely drugged him that night, right? Possibly. Well, he... we, okay. We can okay. get into that in a second. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and which all of this leads up to this... Uh, this grand torture sequence which is preceded by a this dream that he has after he's been drugged and he and he falls over and he has this dream yes. and in this dream it's very much a like all of the subtextual things going on in his head kind of happening at the same time mm-hmm. and it includes a lot of information about asami that there's no way he could have possibly known the guy yeah. in the bag yeah. The fact that she feeds him her own puke, which apparently, at least in that first shot, was actually her own puke. That's the claim, anyway. But not he, not the one that he ate, but I think the one she comes out. Yeah, I she think, walks over with yeah. it. Blah, blah, blah. According to IMDb trivia, uh, the, the dog bowl of vomit fed to Asami's prisoner is, in fact, the actual vomit of the actress. Good for her. Miike claims that she is a method actress and ins- insisted on doing this. So whether or not he's uh, just, you know, pulling one, pulling somebody's, pulling your leg, I don't know. I but, choose to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's stuff that he, there's no way he could know. He, there's no way he could know what the inside of that, that her room looks like. He starts seeing these visions of her as a child being uh, burned by the guy, the guy in the wheelchair from the yes. dance studio. Yes. Who may or may not be her stepfather. There's like yeah. a lot of things going on. And I had after after we watched the movie, I was kind of like, huh, that dream does a lot of narrative lifting that I don't really know if it earns because it's. Yeah. <laughs> And then I hadn't even considered this, but apparently there's a reading of the movie where everything that happens from the point where she has left him uh, is not actually happening. It's all part of a like fever dream that he's having, which is accented by the point in that dream where he wakes up and he's back in the room with her um, and then he falls back to sleep. And as he falls back to sleep, he's pulled back into the into the the torture sequence. I I th- I think that's interesting in terms of like a like an interesting almost like thought exercise mm-hmm. for how you approach the movie. But I don't really buy it. So you think everything that happens actually is happening? 
like like in terms of her coming into the house and and torturing him and cutting his foot off and stabbing yeah, him with and needles. him finding the guy in the wheelchair and him uh, hearing the story about the guy with his tongue and his ears cut off and all that kind of stuff. Well, so he does some of that before he gets drugged, right? Um, Isn't yes. it that he that, goes? That happens he goes before out, the yeah, dream. Yeah, he goes and but, he and he checks sort of checks her references. But the read the reading of as is that everything from the point where they have slept together yeah. and he wakes up and she's gone yeah. from that point is all not actually happening. It's all in his head. See, I don't buy that. Yeah. I don't buy that. I I, I, th- I think he does go and he tries to find the bar and he finds out that there was, you know, the, the murder there and the, and the tongue and the three fingers and the ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he goes to the ballet studio and mm-hmm. meets the man in the wheelchair who may or may not have been her abusive stepfather. With a jacket? That I don't know yeah. what the hell that jacket is. I don't know. I was trying was, to make out what's written on it. words all over it, but I don't know what the words are. I, f- I saw beef on there, and I Probably. thought I saw beer. Maybe I just saw the same word twice, but there was. I thought for a second it was like a Coors Light jacket or something. It but could I, have been. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I think that stuff happens. I think, yeah, I, I think the parts that are dreams are once he gets home and he drinks the drugged whiskey... And then he passes out mm-hmm. and it brings him on the crazy, like he's in her childhood house mm-hmm. and they're back, like seeing the flashbacks of her as a kid and like all, I think that stuff is the dream, but I think she actually comes and tortures him. So how, how would you, Amanda, writer of this film, Yes. Uh, how, how do you reconcile all the stuff that he sees about her? regarding the bad because the we know that the bad guy does exist yes i assume i guess because it happens before that point um and we see in that the bad guy scene we see what her apartment looks like yes but i how would he be able to or am i being too literal in my reading like there's there's i mean so i i I think kind of the point of it is that it's not like it's not entirely a movie based in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, th- I think this movie is is a much more like a movie where the ideas and the concepts matter more than the literal. Sure. Like, you know, how has she gotten away if she's like cut off all these dudes' feet, <laughs> like killed all these people? How has she gotten away f- with it for this long? Like, mm-hmm. how did she manage to drug and kill two people when she clearly weighs like ninety two pounds? Like, right? Yeah. It, I, I don't think we're supposed to be taking it super literally, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, I'm sure you could invent some sort of like, there's a psychic element to it or yeah. like, she's not even really a human. She's more like some sort of embodiment sure. of like the rage of wronged women. Like you, you could go down any of those routes, but I don't think it actually matters. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't think it matters. Probably not how how this information got conveyed just that this is this is her background and this is what he is now going through yeah i think i think the 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 bummer that comes along with well or maybe you can think of it as as being clever i don't know that comes along with the reading that none of it's actually happening is it's basically Mm -hmm. then turns the movie into Oh my God, I just asked this girl I've known for two weeks to marry me. Yeah. What if she's an insane killer? Right, right. I think it just, it, it, it robs 
that reading where it's like they have a romantic weekend together he goes to sleep and has a nightmare because he's like second guessing whether or not this is a good idea mm-hmm. just makes this a movie about a man who had a midlife crisis and is going to marry a much younger woman right which is significantly more boring than what this movie right. actually is i do s- still find that kind of interesting because i don't know if you've ever seen have you seen eyes wide shut oh god yeah yeah oh, i love eyes wide <laughs> shut eyes wide shut is very much like watching a guy have a midlife crisis yeah um it, it's such a it's such a an interesting yes. interesting movie but so like the, i i do find that slightly interesting but it does yeah. it does take away any real meaning from a lot of it because yeah, and if, it just defangs asami completely right, where yeah. she really is just this meek little like we we kept meredith kept joking like can somebody please help her get her shoulders down yes. from around her yes. ears like my back is hurting for her back mm-hmm. like yeah and that would that would just be such a letdown and it also if that's the case if if this is all a you know a, a, a what am i doing sort of fever dream he's not really learning anything because yeah. it's not it's not refuting the 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 path he took to get to that point right whereas this movie it seems like it's very much refuting the path that he took to get to this point because if it's if it's just him having a dream he has no reservations well once he wakes up maybe he will (laughs) maybe he won't but see you have to extrapolate out that if it's just a dream he's gonna wake up he's probably gonna marry her and things are just gonna that's just how it's gonna be right or he wakes up and he unceremoniously breaks up with this young woman Mm -hmm. who he just proposed to and like breaks her heart right yeah. <laughs> when she's already had this like tragic backstory of having been a professional dancer and then had to stop because she got injured. Right. So I think there's a, I think it's sort of like you're saying it defangs her and I think it yeah. defangs anything that they're trying to say about the, the, uh, the, the gender dynamics or the way that he's treating people or damaging people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are, there apparently is, I, I let's we can call it evidence. We'll say it's evidence to back up that reading because I guess the the filming style changes at certain points where it's yeah. it goes between handheld and uh, static camera. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that the static stuff is all a dream, but I I, have, I didn't read into huh. it that interesting that that deeply. But it is it is one of those things where it's like I feel like it's on the table. I'd like that they don't say either way. You can kind of pull from it what you want. Um, but uh, I I think it's very much up to up to the viewer to to make their own decision about it. Yeah, yeah. And my personal decision is that like I do believe. I mean, obviously, I think some of the stuff he sees is a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he knows what he knows, but I don't buy the reading. You want his foot cut off? Yes. You don't want him. To, you want him to be scarred for I life. I want to take his foot off. His foot off and replace it. <laughs> With John Travolta's foot, yes. no one will be able to tell the difference. Yes, then they're the same person. Yes, and his he'll do the same. Rubs, <laughs> okay, okay, rubs okay. the foot down his wife's <laughs> face, and that's how she knows it's not his real foot. Can I just say I literally laughed out loud when Asami cuts his foot off and then like giggles and casually tosses it over her shoulder was, into, yes, the, into the sliding door. I that was hilarious. So yeah, so that 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 final sequence. Uh, well, did did you want to talk to, talk about anything else leading up to that, like uh, regarding the the dance studio stuff? Or... Yeah, I mean a, a little bit about 
some of that stuff. So one thing I think we kind of noted the other night was that there, there are these weird moments where they're out on dates, Asami mm-hmm. and Aoyama, and it's like the settings around them sometimes change. Like, without really any, like, noticeable warning. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, they're sitting in a very full cafe, and during the same conversation, all of a sudden, the cafe is empty. Right. And I think that's interesting because it can be read in a couple ways, which is, like, you could go back to that kind of, like, A, is this really happening mm-hmm. reading? But it's also, like, oh, are they just, are we supposed to look at this in the rom-com way where it's, like, oh, they've been talking for so long that the night's over, and, right, like, right. everybody's left to the places, like, shutting down, or is it to make them to kind of symbolize how there's nothing like nothing else exists for the two of them sure. than each other? Um, but I think it, what it does is it kind of adds to that questionable like dreamlike state yeah. that comes in and out during this movie and adds to your sense of like unreality mm. or like like it just it makes everything a little more off putting. It makes Asami a little more. Like, okay, what is going on here? You know? And I I think that's I think that's really interesting because it's another one of those things where there's not a big deal made out of it. Yeah. It's not like there's like a jarring noise or, or like a weird flash of light and then oh look, they're in a different restaurant. It's just like no, in one part of the conversation they're here and then the next they're all yeah, here. Yeah, it's uh <clears throat> I, I think that, that stuff that sequence works nicely to kind of use that sort of romantic comedy language to yes. to, to build that the uh, the relationship between them yeah and like oh, okay no yeah. good oh i was gonna kind of change the subject a little bit but no I, yeah it's uh, i i yeah i agree with all that it's i think um they do that stuff all the time in other movies and you never really even think about it like yeah you know, two people having a conversation while they're walking yep cut to a different location it's just the next part of the conversation it's right like, well, what did they talk about between <laughs> On yeah, the like car it definitely like took town. twenty minutes to get here. What else did they? Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's that, and then I I think that the um heavy implication to outright proof that the ballet school pianist or stepfather. I think I'm just gonna say I think it's her stepfather. Sure was like sexually abusing her as well or getting some sort of sexual gratification out of forcing her to dance for him or Mm. hurting her. I think that that adds a disturbing level to the whole movie and to Asami in particular. And I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm impressed with the way it's done because there's definitely a scene where like you can very overtly see him like, jerking off yeah. while she dances um but it's not thrown in your face right away you're sort of given these like hints that he has this grotesque fixation on her and has since she was a little girl mm-hmm. even in the scenes where it's not either a flashback or a dream like when when Ayama actually goes to the school and says I, I have questions about Asami mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the man in the wheelchair starts going like, have you met her? Have you touched her? Have you right. made love to her? Like, it's just you know, normal questions. Yeah. Stuff, just things you ask a stranger who comes in asking about uh, your estranged stepdaughter. <laughs> um, 
But I great don't know. job on the fake feet, by the way. Oh, I don't know who God. made those. But yeah, those things are hideous. They're yeah. great. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he to, made like, those. Attached to like wooden boards. They look like he yeah. made them himself. And, yeah. And, like, <laughs> yeah, or like me. This was all I had. Was this, all I had was this old mannequin and a couple pieces of wood. Then I did what I could. But it's weird because the feet look almost like they're dried out. Yeah. Versions of real feet. Yeah, they're pretty gross. They're like, like. I don't know the whole the whole foot thing. I left them in the dryer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're the only pair I have. They got buried in kitty litter and just sucked all the moisture yeah, right out. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole foot thing is like really interesting to me. The preoccupation with like, well, do you think the feet? Do you think that the foot fetish, if you will? I feel like you have to. Uh, I mean, well, what. One of the quotes from Quentin Tarantino was like, this is an absolute masterpiece. And maybe it was all the foot stuff. I don't know. But <laughs> do you, I, is it is it unreasonable to extrapolate out that her stepfather, and maybe they said this and I just missed it, is responsible for whatever happened to her, like busting her hip so she couldn't dance anymore? Because it seems like mm. that's all like the feet thing says to me something was done to her which took away the thing that she loves which is dancing yeah and now they t- it took her feet away yeah so now she's taking everybody else's feet away i mean yeah there's just i think that's that's probably that's a fair reading i think that's a really interesting point i think all of the preoccupation with feet like a dancer's feet are their tool mm-hmm. um and I think there's you can even get really meta with it and say stepfather, sure. But um, <laughs> um, but I, I I think there's this aspect to it too where I I think Asami even says it that it you know I, I don't know if she says if I cut off your feet or if I take your feet but she's pretty she pretty much says but then you can't leave. Sure. Yep. So there's like an element yeah. of it makes you dependent on me mm-hmm. like it may like it makes. It's it's the easiest way I think she sees for subjugating these different men in her life, mm. like incapacitating them so that they rely on her and they can't, you know, yeah. operate in the world without her. I don't know why she need to go after Ayama at all because she seems pretty content with the bad guy. Like he's there, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Maybe he's getting old and you know she needs a replacement or something. But. Oh, I mean, I I I I know you're being like half facetious always all the always and all the way um but i think for her there is this level of she the weekend they go away together and 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 she gets naked and they're gonna sleep together and she says you have to promise to love me and only me Mm -hmm. and he says yes of course and i think she's probably just keeps looking for that sure like she keeps in her own psychotic way being like maybe this time it's true yeah maybe he thought you were different yeah, yeah and that that's very much her thing like maybe this time he's the one and then i think her sneaking into his house is her looking for that kind of proof <laughs> that like it's true this time mm-hmm. and then minute she sees the picture of the dead wife it's like oh you're a liar like the rest of them and now i'm gonna kill your dog i'm gonna kill your dog and your son and i'm gonna cut your feet off yeah Yes. Yeah, it's a very proportionate reaction to the whole situation, I think. Do you think um do you think he deserves it? No. <laughs> I well, yeah, No. I, I you know look, like I, like look, I said, there I, was... I am totally like a horrible witchy crone feminist monster. <laughs> I will never deny that. 
Um, but no, he does. He does not deserve to be tortured with needles under his eyes and um, his like remaining family murdered and right, his yeah. feet cut off. No, yeah, no. I no. was just. I was. He just... maybe deserves like a good solid punch in the face. Yeah. and to never have sex again. I was just. I was just saying that because I was thinking about how we were saying. Well, if it was the friend, the friend is is a lot more uh, overtly awful. And so I think there's another version of this movie where it's more of like a, uh, um, a vengeance tale. Yes, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Uh, where she's this like avenging angel figure yeah. for like wronged women. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, honestly, I, I you probably still can read it that way. But I like that you can't. I, I, I yeah. like that it's not just that obvious. Like that. That's like an angle or a facet of it but it's not like the whole story yeah it like that reading of it i find interesting because it's it is very much kind of almost like a fairy tale in that sense where it's like this is just what she does yes and you failed the test it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how badly you failed the test yep you still got the third question wrong so you're gonna get launched into the pit of unending sorrow (laughs) or whatever (laughs) right right it's sort of like yeah, that's a really interesting way. Like, like what do sirens do in right. in mythology? They yeah. lure men to their deaths. Like, that's that's what they do. Right, right. Like, what does Baba Yaga do? She like steals babies. She is that the she one does. with the house with yeah, the chicken, the chicken feet? legs? That's yeah, fun. Yeah, she's fun. She's great. <laughs> um, this uh, movie has been received very differently depending in which continent. It was it was played in uh, mm. in Europe. It was seen as a feminist film. Okay. In America, it was seen as a misogynist film. Huh. Uh, do you have a uh, um, Do you have a read on on either of those? Uh, I mean, like like so many other things. Not to be boring or try to worm my way out of answering, but I feel like with with like with so many other things with this movie, it's really hard to just yeah. say it's this or that. Yeah. It's like. It's definitely kind of both, but I I would lean more towards it's like an anti-misogynist film sure. rather than a feminist film, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, this movie is clearly not presenting Asami as, like, righteous and correct and well-adjusted. Right. Like, she's not... Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like a good, like vengeful woman or vengeful. Per- She's not the Inigo Montoya of this movie, where sure. it's like you killed right, my father, right. prepare to die. Like right. that's not what's happening here. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this movie is a little bit about a sort of garden variety misogynist getting more than his comeuppance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's those. Those questions are. I I find them to be unfair. Yeah. Uh, not not just with this movie, but in a lot of movies, because like, I feel like you can tell very easily if a if a story or a work is made with feminist or misogynistic intentions mm. versus if it is a film or a story that has feminist and misogynistic elements in it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I I feel like yeah, it's it's misogynist in that there are the guys are being assholes. They're doing there's misogynistic stuff in it that they're doing. I don't think it's Takashi Miike 
taking a misogynistic stand about like, man, women, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me that that would be anyone's read on this movie. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, it kind of makes me wonder, like, uh, like if, if, if the message you got out of this movie was, ugh, bitches, am I right? Then I feel like you didn't really watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must be a feminine. Never mind. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was myself in trouble. Uh, but yeah, it, it's. Uh, um, I I think it's. I I think this movie really blurs the line really well, where it is presenting these things that are unsavory elements from both sides of the equation. Yeah, and they're not. I, I think you can read it how you want to read it and i would i would agree with you where it's like i think it's in it's more of an anti-misogynist thing than anything else right um right because i mean you could go back and say most of the abuse that asami suffered that seems to be the thing that really pushed her over the edge was from her stepfather mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this is the the evil that misogyny does to men and women like yeah yeah you sure. know, she's she has been damaged in such a way that she is now completely disconnected from reality and a violent psychotic killer. But misogyny has also damaged Aoyama in a way that he can't even tell that he's not having a real relationship mm. with a real person. Yeah. Like it has stripped him of his ability to truly he like he's also disconnected from a reality in yeah. a way. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it kind of goes to show like how do both of them end up like Not great. Ha- half dead yeah. or completely dead on the floor? Yeah. Like it's like nobody wins. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, it's an attempt to label something. It's like, it, you don't have to choose. This movie doesn't have to choose sides. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a great story yeah. and told very well in a very interesting way that can be, is it misogynist or is it, feminist the answer is yes I would say, you know? <laughs> and the answer is also no yes the, yeah. <laughs> the answer is also no um god yeah it's just and it really does like trying to pigeonhole it into one or the other really minimizes the things it does so well right which yeah. are like you know there's something wrong with this woman mm-hmm. the whole movie you're not quite sure what it is or where it's gonna end up or what you're gonna find out but like She's just this, like, docile, soft-spoken, like, demure little shoulders way up. Mm -hmm. Always, almost always dressed in white, too. Yes. Except for that, like, red shawl thing she's got. Yeah, that was just kind of an interesting choice. But, like, the gradual reveal of just how deeply fucked up she is is so well done. Yeah. You know, like it's not you, you you she's unsettling the whole movie and he's so blinded by her, by mm-hmm. how beautiful she is and how, you know, quiet and grateful she seems to be. Like like he, she's she's such a dream to him that he can't see but you as you're watching it can. And so it's it's a little bit of that like don't go down there feeling that you mm. have when you watch horror movies of like don't go in the basement sure, don't sure. split up like yeah. the whole time you're just like don't when, don't do this like, when what are you doing when your misogynistic buddy there who sent you down this path is the yes. one going maybe not this one right there is something That's the wrong time with you her should probably listen to him. yes come shoot some shoot <laughs> come hit some golf balls with me on the roof yeah yeah um you can tell how athletic i am i shoot golf balls yeah um <laughs> sorry 
Anyway, um, uh, the, uh, yeah, he, um, well, now I'm all flustered. (laughs) Thinking about golf. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, this, I think the, unfortunately the lasting, um, legacy of this is that it did, it, it is pointed to as, as, as one that kicked off the torture porn, uh, genre yeah. Where this was a favorite movie of Eli Roth. Um, there's been, which led directly f- into him making Hostel, which was a big, uh, big one of those movies. And yeah, I, you know, I am willing to listen to the twenty years later takes on the torture porn uh, era, <laughs> lionizing it as being underrated or or misunderstood or whatever. Or I saw something today where it was talking about it was. It was an unfair label because what it was doing was bringing bringing horror movies into a into the the realism of a post nine eleven world or something like that. I'm like, oh sure, fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I don't like, have the PhDs to argue with that one. So yeah, fine. like well, is what they're do- is what they're doing in Hostel really that much different than what they were doing in Cannibal Holocaust? I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I kind of it bums me out when this gets lumped in. I mean, Mike is an, an extreme director. Like, yes. this is not the only movie he's no. done with a fucked up scene. No, in it. Like, most I mean, a lot of them. Ichi the Killer is just right. an entire fucked up scene for the whole movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and he's he famously um, when Showtime was doing the Masters of Horror series in the mid two thousands. Uh, you know, they're getting all these these famous horror directors to yeah. do one hour episodes of television. They they hired him and they said. Do whatever you want, whatever you want. Oh, no. Could not air it because it was so <laughs> over the top and insane. I have yet to see it. I, I would like to see it at some point, but I don't know how easy it is to find at this point because oh it was God. it was so intense that they could not put it on TV. I am not surprised. Yeah. So he, he has a reputation. Yes. Um, but this movie overall, I think, is so much more thoughtful yes. than a lot of the movies that that were inspired by it. Yes. I think I think unfortunately like a lot of these types of things um whether it's whether it's this or the uh influence of the Dark Knight Returns or Watchmen on comic books. Yeah. I think people took the wrong things from it. Yes. Like they said, "Oh, blood and guts, intense, really yep. awful torture scenes. Awesome. Let's do that a bunch of that." Oh, superheroes that are all dark and brooding yes. and hyper violent <laughs> i understand what these are about let's do more of that it they always you they always you always see people end up taking the 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 they're taking the the flash but they're not taking the substance yeah and i think this movie has a lot more substance than probably many people give it credit for given its reputation yes i think it has a reputation for being so shocking and so so gory and so violent and so horrifying and in a weird way, I mean, it, it is in, in in some ways, you know, there are some really gross out scenes in this. There's a, you know, torture sequence, mm-hmm. I would call it. But if you've watched a movie like Saw or Hostel or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes or like, you, you know what I mean? Like any Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. like any of those sorts of like th- movies that came out in that like early to mid 2000s era, this can seem almost downright tame. Honestly, as we were watching it, I mean, I, that sequence still works really well, but yeah, if you kind yeah. of if you kind of take a step back, 
the stuff you're actually seeing, they've probably done on TV at this point. Like, yeah. like in The Walking Dead, probably something similar has happened. Oh, yeah. The thing that makes it so horrifying, because I, I was like, this isn't actually as bad as I remember it. Yeah, uh, it's know. not as, like, graphic. Yeah, it's still pretty graphic. It's still Don't get me wrong. pretty graphic. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not quite as bad as I remembered. Yeah. Because I remember the first time watching this, like, with my hand over my mouth the yes. entire time. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And the reason that it works like that isn't the gore. It's everything that brought you to that point. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, mo- most of the gory stuff is pretty contained to that end mm-hmm. sequence. Like, there's a couple things leading up to it. You know, you, you see the disembodied tongue flapping in the pool sure. of blood on the floor. Um, I would like to point out that I yes. really, really, really appreciate that he we get the story about that yes from someone just telling it and they didn't do like a a reenactment let's show the story (laughs) because that that has so much power to it when it's done well yes like do you really want would you really have preferred if they showed what happened to the uss indianapolis versus quint telling you what happened yeah no yeah. That's like the, the, the centerpiece of that whole movie is the, the Indianapolis monologue from Quint. Yep. I don't want to see it. Like that's, that's. No, no. If they no. had cut to ocean night, right. flaming boat sinking and yeah. then screaming in the dark water, it just would not have been the same. Yeah. And it, and it, obviously the guy telling the story in this is not exactly Robert Shaw, but maybe he <laughs> really? is. I don't know. I, maybe I don't. He's the Japanese Robert Shaw and you didn't even know it. Yeah. It, it's very possible. Um <laughs> But like the fact that the fact that they tell you that story and don't show it to you yeah. allows you to just it which allows is, your brain to, when to work we, it up. When we see the the tongue and the fingers and the ear on the in the blood on the floor, that is a vision that Aoyama's brain has right. given him. Exactly. And like yeah. that story is working that way on him the same way it's working on us. Yeah. 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 But but so beyond that and a couple other brief snippets, like Really, the the goriest stuff is really just there at the end, right? Which is interesting for a movie that has such a reputation for being like, "Oh my god, it's so hard to watch. It's so horrifying. I couldn't get through it." It's like, but it's fairly like you know, you watch like an hour and twenty minutes, hour and thirty minutes of this movie before you get to that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I would wonder. I mean, I watched this knowing its reputation, and it still worked. Yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine if you didn't know what you were getting into with this. I didn't. You Really? When oh, I, man. <laughs> no, I knew it was like, I was thinking it was like, okay, scary Japanese horror movie. The cover's got this woman, you know, like it. it the old cover, like it was like her face. It looked kind of, I don't know, at least the cover I remember. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, where she's holding up the needle. Yep. So I had an idea that something went weird with her, but I did not know what I was getting into. Yeah, yeah. And it was extremely effective. I do appreciate <laughs> the placement of the bad guy because, yes. like, like, like we said multiple times, this is such a slow burn, like, relationship kind of movie that unless you give them, if you unless you give people an indication that this movie's kind of fucked up, yeah, I feel like it's very easy to bail on it before it gets to the good stuff yes absolutely because it does have this yeah this this very like 
kind of almost like intentionally boring quality yeah. in the beginning yeah. where it's like lulling you into this sense of security. And then, yeah, there's that, that scene we talked about earlier with her slumped on the floor and her head has just been like lower. It's like lower and lower and all the bones in the back of her neck and her shoulders are standing out and yeah. the phone in the bag. It's like, yeah. And it's uh, not to, not to jump all the way back into it, but that I find that scene to be so interesting because she is like, it's almost like the monster has gone away or is like yeah. is going away and then the phone rings and she gets this like perverse little slow smile. Right. And it's like if he hadn't called her would would none of this have happened? Is Not like, to him. Yeah. I don't think. I I I I I think he would have dodged the bullet as yeah. they say. Opened opened Pandora's box. Yeah. I do I do just want to say that at the very end mm-hmm. where she has tried to chase the sun up the stairs with the like pepper spray or whatever she has. I th- for some reason I, I maybe I just like my brain just, you know, extrapolated out because the rest of it was so intense. I assumed yeah. it was like acid or something. I think it's like mace or pepper spray. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think she's just trying to incapacitate him and then she's going to do just as horrible things to him as mm-hmm. she's doing to his father. But like. So he kicks her and she falls down the stairs and she breaks her neck. Mm-hmm. And that that very end where she's laying with her head twisted towards Aoyama, who has crawled at least partially over and told his son to call the police. And she starts reciting things she had said to him mm. during their dates is one of the scariest and like best things I yeah. think about this movie. Because she's saying them verbatim. Mm-hmm. She's saying them word for word, which mm-hmm. is like, you rehearse this. You say these things to men over and over again. Like, you know exactly what they all want to hear and they all want to hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you have the, like, these are just lines that she had memorized. Yeah. But I, I just love it. I think it's, I think it ties it all back in that, you know. She went to an audition and she's been acting the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that connection though, but that's about the audition and she's yeah. been per- playing a role. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty good. I do I do find the actual way that she gets killed a little bit unsatisfying. The way that he just like kicks her down the stairs, but I think that's just. I wish there was a little bit more of a fight. Like I, I wish they kind of struggled a little bit more, but I think. I think it actually kind of works for the character because, mm-hmm. like, he's just this teenage boy who's just come home and he does not know this woman. Sure, and sure. she's this beautiful, young, petite woman. And he seems very reluctant to, like, do anything towards her. He right. only kicks her because she's coming after him and trying to spray him with this, you know, and if it is mace or pepper spray, even the little bit he, that's getting misted on his face is going to sting like a motherfucker. Right, so. Right. It, it's like he only it, it kind of preserves the son as like the good character in the movie mm. where he only hurts her when he's really been provoked and he clearly does not intend to, to kill her. That's like, true. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I think it works given the character set up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is number 165 on our list. Yes. How do you feel about that placement? Would you like to would you think it should go up, go down or be removed completely? Because. I, Mm. this is an interesting movie because this, I don't think would, 
this doesn't fall under Wes's categorization of what a horror movie would be. True. Do you consider this to be a horror movie or is this more? I mean, I don't. I feel like if there's this much blood, <laughs> there's really only one kind of movie it can be. Yeah. Unless it's like Macbeth or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think this is a horror movie. I think there's enough of the psychological element. And I do think if, you know, we're counting all the sort of like, as we're calling them, the, the torture porn mm-hmm. subgenre movies would, would count as horror movies, yeah. you know? Saw and Hostel and all of those. Um, yeah, I count. I count this as a horror movie. Yeah, I yeah. would too. Um, I I I feel pretty good about the placement. I yeah. think. I again, I'm sure I could nitpick it and and you know compare it to a couple movies here or there and be like, well, it should be way higher than this, or it should be way lower than that. But I feel like having it in like the upper ranges. Of the you know one the the, the like one fifty to two hundred range that mm. that feels right to me. I do think that like it belongs on this list. Um, yeah, I think I think it's actually pretty approximate to where I would put it. Yeah, I think it definitely deserves to be on the list. I'm actually I'm actually kind of surprised it's not higher. Yeah. Um, given its reputation and uh, how people generally have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah. Um. Especially, That's true. I, th- I do think it's still. I mean, it has a, a reputation, but I do think it's still lesser known. Sure. Yeah. 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 I was just, uh, you know, I was. Th- I I did a little bit of googling as I was looking to see if there was anything about the different readings of it or whatever, and I came yeah. across multiple like retrospective articles because it was ninety nine. So a couple years ago was the twentieth anniversary of it. So Got there it. Was, you know, people writing about it, and they were all you know effusive with praise. Of course. Um, which. <laughs> Part of was part of why I thought, oh, I, I'm surprised it's not a little bit closer to to a hundred, maybe. Yeah. Uh, especially given the other shit on this list. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think 165 is probably pretty good. Yeah, like you're saying, somewhere like 150, 165, I think probably yeah. makes the most sense. Um, speaking of our list, uh oh, the housekeeping that uh, the only reason you're still listening to this because yes. you want to know. I want to know, too. I don't know. What is going on with the housekeeping? Well, earlier today, I hit our randomizer button to see what we were going to be doing next. Yes. It landed on number 60. Okay. And I think this is going to be a first for us (gasps) because number 60 is A Quiet Place 2, which just came out. Oh, wow. So I looked at the list. There has been quite a shakeup in our list. Oh. Almost everything has changed. Okay. Uh, Again. I'm I'll try <laughs> to do this as quickly as possible. The Shining has yes. gone from 113 to 111. Mm. Frankenstein has remained the same. Wes Craven's New Nightmare has is went from 179 to 181. Quiet Place went from 10 to 9. Huh. American Psycho still at 200. Okay. Let Me In has gone from 93 to 95. Dead Alive, 134 to 136. This is all secondary moves for a lot of these. So yeah, they've yeah. moved around a couple of times. Ginger Snaps has the biggest move, okay. I think, going from 144 to 128. Whoa. And when we started the show, when we did Ginger Snaps, it was number 131. So it's gone from 131 to 144 to 128. Holy shit. Uh, House of the Devil is 155, formerly 143. Texas Chainsaw. Had been 98, now it's 87. Okay. Uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night dropped down from 45 to 44. A lot of these are are 
small inc- increments. Yeah, yeah, the like fly, twos and threes. The fly has gone from 72 to 73. Carry from 50, 50 to 51. Halloween 2018 has gone 92 to 90. When we started, Halloween huh. 2018 was 91. So it has been 91, 92, and now 90. Huh. Candyman, 183 to 182. Uh, the Thing, 135 to 132. Fright Night has gone from 101 to 102. Rec, 144 to 147. It, 41 to 35. Oculus went from 182 huh. to 185. Black Christmas moved up the list, not as much as I'd like, from <laughs> 199 to 194. We're getting there, guys. Keep watching it. <laughs> We're going to get Black Christmas to number one by yes. the end of this. Poltergeist, 137 to 126. Scream, 175 to 173. You're next, 168 to 166. Cabin in the Woods, 30 to 31. Deep Red, 73 to 72. Hereditary, 18 to 15. Sisters, 144 to 139. Dr. Fives dropped, unfortunately, from 119 to 123. The Invisible Man 2020 has gone from 9 to 10. Audition remains the same. And number 60, our next movie is A Quiet Place Part 2, which I think we should go and see in the theater. Yeah. Uh, which will be fun because we haven't been able to do that. We haven't covered a modern movie where we can do that yet. Yeah. So I think we should take advantage of it. And uh, and I and haven't been in, in a movie theater in probably almost like two years at well, this point. Well, there you go. Excellent. So. Perfect movie to go see. It has. It's like getting crazy good reviews. Yeah. I saw one person who I follow thought, thought it was terrible. So <laughs> what that means, I don't know. <laughs> There's always one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for audition yes and uh thank you guys for listening we the uh this will be this comes out and if we should still be in june at this point um and if so keep your eyes open if you want to follow our patreon coverage of friday the 13th we'll be doing friday the 13th part six jason lives which is going to be fun <laughs> i'm looking forward to that and you can uh help support us and listen to that if you want to go to the patreon.com slash the penske file the penske file is our umbrella corporation so to speak Uh, but thank you guys for listening Amanda thank you for joining me thank you Clay and we'll see you next time at the movies (laughs) with A Quiet Place Part 2 bye everyone bye everyone